I'm Amy, sex educator, sex and relationship coach, and co-owner of PurePleasureShop.com. I'm April, VP of the cutting-edge sex toy company, Hot Octopus, and I dedicate my life to the business of sex. We are on a mission to teach you how to have hot sex, deep intimacy, and how to make your own rules for who you are as a sexual being. Welcome Welcome to to the Shameless Sex Revolution. Want to learn more? Go to shamelesssex.com. And for 50% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use code SHAMELESSSEX at purepleasureshop.com. You are listening to a Pleasure Podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. Well, hello, everyone. Hi, everybody. It's Masturbation May. Well, we may have said the last episode, but it continues. And we were running a little contest oh, yeah. giveaway on Instagram. That was really fun. I made a vulva a bouquet. No, it wasn't a bouquet. Arrangement, flower arrangement that reminded beautiful. me of my vulva. It was perfectly imperfect. Oh, and you did it in like 10 minutes. You went outside and picked all these flowers and I was like, wow. Right after I masturbated. Right, really? Yeah. Oh, I was, yeah, I was, I was texting you and Paige and I was like, hey, I'll make an art. I'm going to go wank myself and then go I make wanked, a I wanked and then I went bouquet. and cut a bunch of, yes. But anyway, the point is not about my art, but it was a really fun contest. Yeah. And if you're not following us on Instagram, we always do, uh, we run contests. We always do fun posts about Amy and I's lives and dogs and animals. Sometimes they're vulvas. Sometimes there's not live vulvas because we get kicked off of Instagram. Yeah, we can't do that. No dick pics, no live vulvas. No, um, but people made really beautiful art. Yeah, totally. You should go check it out if you are not following Shameless Sex Podcast on Instagram. Go do it. Meow. That's right. Meow. Are you a kitty? I am part pussy, yes. I have a pussy. Uh, <laughs> so this episode is perfect for Masturbation May because it, because it is on Masturbation 101 with August of the Girl Boner Podcast. No, August, April, in May. Oh my God. No, my name is June. I should name myself June. You should. I think we, we have need a friend to do, named May. Yes. People are Sorry, like, Janice. Janice is going to be sad. You're her baby, Amy. Aww. Maybe we can call you June Amy. June Amy. June Amy. June Amy. That's a cute name. June, like June from Handmaid's Tale. She's a boss. She's, she's a badass. That's kind of a boss name. That shit's wild. If you all haven't seen that show, we're Ooh. not sponsored by them. You should I'm, go check it out. I am ne- <laughs> we are definitely not. No. I am w- waiting until they release kind of like three episodes so I can binge. So you binge, yeah. they only released, I think, they're on the fourth and I think the fifth one's coming out. So I'm yeah. waiting for two more so I can Because when you get one, watch. you're like, I need more. And then I also forget what happens. Yeah. And so then I'll rewatch it anyway. Um, but we should have a little Handmaid's Tale night. You, April, May, June. That's, what, that, imagine, August. imagine just being a breeder. Like if you were forced to just be a breeder of some sort, your, your whole purpose is just make babies and make babies over and over again. You're a breeder. Blessed be the fruit. Blessed be the fruit. <laughs> Thank you, Aunt Lydia. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, okay. We have a sex question for y'all about um, oral sex specifically, but before we dive into that, I want to do a little shout out for our favorite. That's right. Favorite and has been our favorite for many years, even pre shameless sex, even right when I opened a sex shop, I already found out about this brand and I became really obsessed with it. And it's called Uber Lube. I have to tell you, I used some last night and it fell on my hardwood floor. It didn't break because nice. it's borosilicate. The bottle's beautiful. It looks like a cosmetic and it's borosilicate. So it's stronger. So nine times out of 10, it won't break. Well, they put 
it in these beautiful glass bottles because it looks nice. It doesn't scream big, scary lube bottle. You can leave it on your nightstand. It looks like a cosmetic or cologne. And in, what's inside the bottle is what's even better, is some of the best lube you have ever tried or you, I've ever put on my own body. It's silicone lube. It's high-grade silicone. It's very body-friendly. It never gets sticky. It's long-lasting. It has no flavor, no scent. Great for all kinds of sex. I love it. My partner loves it. Pretty much everyone that tries it, um, they join the Uber Lube fan club and they're like this is lube I never knew it could be this good yeah. it's phenomenal it's great for oral anal vaginal all the sex massage all the things and it makes legend's hair really shiny if I accidentally get it on him so they <laughs> don't say put it on your dogs but sometimes <laughs> April does it's an accident because yeah. my hands are have lube that's on them that's true and it makes his hair very shiny like, oh it's silicone it's yeah. perfect you can also use it in your hair you can use it for chafing anyways if you'd like to try the best lube ever and that's our opinion but it is it is <laughs> go to uberlube.com you use coupon code shamelesssex and you get 10 percent off and free shipping uberlube.com what do you have to lose go check it out all right you ready for a sex question chip yeah i don't even know what it is it's gonna be a surprise surprise that's a surprendido oh surprendido in in espanol oh surprendido i've been studying spanish hola surprendido it's hard to say it's hard to spell serpent like a snake surprendido nice (laughs) like your facial I have to get. Like, I have to really drop into that to yes. get the roll down. I like so. the, the the lips. Yeah, are I, a big I part was of working on it. It's like my Elvis lips again. Oh god, oh, it's good. She's good. At <laughs> Can't help it. All right. <laughs> I always make sure to take care of my wife's sexual needs, as infrequent as they are lately. During those rare occasions and encounters, I always perform oral sex and bring her to multiple orgasms. This has nearly come to feel like a chore, as sex is always only about pleasing her. I have very occasionally received a brief manual hand massage, which turns into her just wanting me to finish inside of her. I haven't had any sort of oral stimulation from her in over a year, if not longer. I have found myself searching blowjob POV, so point of view porn, in secret just to get near to the experience as she considers masturbation to be cheating. I have expressed my desires to her and she tells me that she doesn't want to hurt me with her teeth as she's had dental problems in the recent years. I don't use my teeth on her. Not sure what I'm missing here. When she would give me oral pleasure in the past, she would rarely do it to completion before either, again, convincing me that I'd rather finish in her or complaining of her jaw aching too much to continue. Am I approaching this in the wrong manner? Do most people just generally not enjoy giving blowjobs? Or is something off-putting about my penis or behavior that she just isn't telling me? Hmm. There's a lot of questions in here. A lot of questions. And a lot of information. I feel like we have all of the information to postulate Uh a noise conclusion. Let's postulate. (laughs) Postulation. (laughs) All right. As I postulate over here. (laughs) You got to get that checked out by the doctor, Amy. Oh, shit. My my postulation. Your postulation. (laughs) That sounds like a gnarly STI. Oh, God. No, that's a lifer. Um, So, well, okay. I want to start with just something irrelevant. Masturbation is cheating is quite interesting to me. Um, I'm curious what she thinks about masturbation as why that's that's cheating. Um, what is I guess, how does she define cheating? So cheating means she, anything that has to do with sex without her is cheating. Um, so watching porn is cheating, touching yourself is cheating. And I'm curious about why that is and where that comes from and why you have to uh, abide by that too. I know you want to make her happy. Sounds like there's a lot of caretaking here, honestly, for, for her stuff a little bit. Um, 
whether it's her needs, like you're taking care of her orgasms and not receiving uh, the same on your end. And it doesn't have to be completely mutual, um, but you're also hiding your self-pleasure practices. It's Masturbation May, where it's all about celebrating self-pleasure as a really healthy practice and our birthright to be able to touch ourselves and give ourselves pleasure. Um, so I would get curious about that as well, and then we can answer the rest of the question. But I don't know. What do you think about that, April? Masturbation is cheating. I haven't really... I haven't really heard of that before. Um, sorry, sorry, my dog's going crazy. So uh, this is how he masturbates. Yeah, he bites his back foot. He does. He has um, quite a reach. Yeah. So I don't know. I I honestly think that I guess there has to be some sort of um, uh, reasoning, perhaps behind that, and it would be something that would be worth exploring because masturbation I get it maybe I could feel if you're watching porn and then you're masturbating to the porn maybe you're not thinking about the the partnership or but something why do you need to fucking think about the partnership well, every time you I'm, pleasure I'm not saying that you do I'm just saying I'm trying to reason with perhaps yeah. giving an idea about why that she feels this way so I haven't really heard of this and um that I mean, means I was cheating when I didn't have anyone so if I masturbated when I was Four you were cheating I, on yourself. Or cheating on myself. I mean, it's the same kind of thing of like you. You should never look at another person. You should only desire me. Monogamy is forever. And it's it, it, to me, it's like my question is, where does this come from? You know, why is it? Why is someone so uncomfortable with some with their partner touching themselves and having an orgasm without them? Especially in this case, when they're not interested in touching you and and helping you have orgasms too. It doesn't really seem very fair to me, but also doesn't really. I guess. Um, I don't want to say, let's see, I'm not going to say it's not rational. I'm, I'm just curious. Where does that come from? Why is that a belief? And why do we think that it's our job to give our partners all their pleasure or our partner's job to give us all the pleasure and that no one else should be doing that on their own? Also, what about mutual masturbation where they're facing each other and masturbating to learn about each other's bodies and what each other likes. I mean, that wouldn't be, uh, that may be a way to introduce masturbation into the, the relationship without being shamed as cheating, right? As an idea. Yeah. But I think people, yeah, yes, I hear what you're saying to introduce it. And and I think it's just still their birthright to be able to go touch themselves when they want to. And for, of course, for a partner not to say that's cheating and that's, that's wrong. Um, so yeah, I would, I would get inquisitive about that piece and that's not even really what they're asking. They weren't even asking about that, but I think that it's a really important point. The whole part about, um, you expressing, Hey, I'd like to receive oral sex as well. I, you know, I'm I'm giving to you a lot and I'm not really receiving much. Um, and then you, their, your partner saying that they don't want to hurt you with their teeth and, and then you're like, well, I don't use my teeth. Okay, let, okay. now I'm going to side with her a little bit. Putting a cock in your mouth is a lot. It's a lot. We do have teeth. Whereas going down on someone with a vulva, we don't have to usually put a whole vulva in our mouths, like beyond our teeth. So teeth aren't usually an, it, much of an issue there for a lot of people. Um, I don't know. You've gone down on a vulva before. Was teeth an issue for you? I've never no, gone down on a pussy. No, not really. Not, uh, no. Now what about a cock in your mouth? Not at all. Uh, cock in the mouth, yes. I, I have a small mouth as well, so in a, in a really um, fast gag <laughs> reflex. So a lot of times I'll be like, oh, whoa. And sometimes it can be hot if I can really drop into it. And teeth, it, it when you're giving um, blowjobs for a long period of time, too, you get that, like, um, that... I don't know even how to describe it in your mouth where you have some of the um, like from your teeth, like hitting when you're putting your 
your lips over your, your teeth? Your lips over your teeth like this. It, like, you get like little abrasions. Oh, on from, your gums? Yeah, on your oh, inner lips. I do. Yeah. And I talked to other friends about this. And I was like, yeah, I, what about long blowjobs? And, and my friend was like, someone you know, was like, oh, do you have like the, uh, the abrasions all over their inner, like your, by your lips? I was like, I do. Sign I'm of really, a good dick second. <laughs> yes. And so Just there kidding. are some, there's some hazards that yeah. come with a lot of uh, blowjobs. And I guess... I don't think that that he's approaching. They're approaching this. He, he I, I yeah, think he's, yeah. I don't. I don't think you're approaching this in the wrong wrong manner either. She's pointing the finger at him. You know, I I don't want to hurt you. I uh, you just want to come inside of me, uh, as opposed to being a mutual thing. And you said you've expressed your needs and your desires, but have you truly shared? Like sat down and shared um, in the in in honor of nonviolent communication. Um, you know what the issue is what it is that you're, uh, how you're feeling about it, what you have a need for and what you're requesting more of. Have you really conveyed the importance of receiving pleasure or of being able to touch yourself um, and shared, hey, I, you know, I know that you don't think masturbation is okay, but I've started finding myself looking at, at porn where people are getting blowjobs because I'm really desiring that. And I want to talk to you about making more room for masturbation in our relationship, but also I really am, am craving to have some experiences with your hands or your mouth on me and it's okay if your teeth hit me that's okay and here's the other thing about blowjobs if someone's afraid of their technique that they're going to like choke like april saying you know more so that with the gag reflex or their own teeth hurting their gums there's ways to get blowjobs you don't have to put the whole cock in your mouth literally i mean re realistically the most of the nerve endings are on the head of the cock anyway so you could just focus on that and use your hands on the rest of it so i think there sounds to me like there's a deeper thing going on whether it's she has some personal stuff with blowjob stuff maybe she has some trauma from the in the past like someone pushing her head down or yeah well it, it is possible with when when she talks about her jaw aching she could have tmj or some sort of of uh, uh, an issue with the lock jaw or th that is a thing i mean everybody's different and if there's some oral uh surgery involved prior to this and the trauma piece is huge the, another question in here was do most people just genuinely not enjoy giving blowjobs i know plenty of people that love giving blowjobs i love giving a blowjob that absolutely adore it but if and it's goal oriented where the person's like no i saying i need to be able to come from this and you know a half an hour has gone by that feels like too much pressure for me um so there's a long time yeah i think getting away from goal oriented and actually they started this with um i always i always take care of my wife's needs and i always make sure she has many orgasms and um and she never finishes me off to the point of orgasm and so I'm curious about that maybe she feels too pressured and it's like a lot of work for her so she's actually abandoned it altogether and found these excuses to not have to do it so what if it's I'm okay if I don't come from it um, you know, this can just be an open exploration and I would just love to receive this without you feeling pressure, but also for me to not feel pressured to come. And um, I, I know for myself, when it feels like there's this pressure for it to go a certain way, I can kind of abandon, abandon the desire to do it because it can feel like too much. Yeah, it feels like work or a job. Yeah, yeah which is what he said, yeah. actually giving performing oral sex on her is too. So it sounds like you all have a lot to talk about and sit down and get more, more clear. Um, I don't think... I, I can't answer if it's something off-putting about your cock. My my guess is that there's more going on there that is beyond just um, her being worried that she's going to bite you and hurt you. And there's, and there's a lot of opinions about how sex is and how sex should be. And there's a lot of caretaking on your end for her. And it sounds like there's just a, a fair amount to clear. And if you guys can't clear it yourself, go and work with a sex therapist or a sex coach so that you can... Uh, have these harder conversations. Um, and the right tools, yeah. Yeah, totally. It's not, not easy conversations, but this is what happens when there's a lot of layers and a lot of questions that are not being addressed. Yeah, absolutely. All right.
Good luck to you. Oh, and if you want to learn more about blowjobs, we have plenty of episodes on it too. Mm-hmm. And you could also, here's the last thing I'll say, you could also suggest to her, what if we both go and learn about more about oral sex? You watch this video, I'll watch this video, and then let's practice on each other. That might be a manipulation if you don't speak to the problems beforehand, so I still speak to your concerns and then suggest that as a solution. Nice. I like that advice. All right. Ready for a bio? Yeah. Let's go. August McLaughlin is a nationally recognized journalist, media personality, author of Girl Boner, and host and producer of the podcast Girl Boner Radio, which has been compared to Sex in the City meets NPR's Fresh Air. Her articles and expertise have been featured in a range of publications like Cosmopolitan, The Washington Post, Dame Magazine, O, The Oprah Magazine, Forbes, Shape, Elite Daily, and Bustle. Known for melding personal passion, artistry, and activism, August uses her personal passion and skills to encourage others to embrace their bodies, sexuality, and selves, making way for fuller, more authentic lives. To learn more, visit girlboner.org. But first... A hot sex tip for you. Your mattress matters. I didn't realize how much it actually mattered until I started banging on my new Helix mattress. I took the two-minute Helix sleep quiz and they matched me to the perfect mattress. Now I'm getting the best sleep of my life. Plus, my new mattress gives me the right support for missionary, doggy, and even that assassin position I love so much. Helix knows that everybody is unique, so they have lots of mattress models to choose from, even mattresses that cool you down if you sleep hot I'm such a light sleeper and I'm often changing positions throughout the night, so I didn't really know which mattress would be right for me, but Helix matched me to the midnight mattress and I've never slept better. They also have a 10-year warranty and you even get to try out the mattress for 100 nights risk-free. They'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it, but I'm sure you will. Plus, Helix is offering up to $200 of all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash shameless. That's helixsleep.com slash shameless for up to $200 off and two free pillows. All right, go check it out. And now it's interview time. All right, everyone, it is interview time. And we are here with another fellow podcaster. We love recording with podcasters. Why? Well, you'll hear in the episode. You'll probably understand why. Uh, this is with August from the Girl Boner podcast. Yeah, that's right. Just sold you on her podcast. Now you're leaving and Googling it. But wait, listen to us first. Then go check it out. Subscribe. We are here to talk about masturbation, self-pleasure 101. It is masturbation May of 2021. This is one of our favorite months, a celebration of self-pleasure um, for all bits and all the in-betweens, all the bits. Uh, so everyone is involved in this celebration. And we're going to talk about self-pleasuring um, all the things, whether it's techniques to our personal journeys, uh, how people can have more self-pleasuring in their lives, what are some of the barriers. So without further ado, we shall dive on in. In August, we always start with the same question for all of our guests. How did you get to where you are today in the field of sexuality and relationships, et cetera? Gosh, well, like so many people, I learned very little about sex or sexuality growing up. And I also struggled with a lot of really severe body image issues. And when I was in my late teens, I left Minnesota where I grew up for New York and then Paris. I was in the fashion industry and I was working as a model. And one day while I was running along the Seine River, I collapsed And I was shortly after diagnosed with anorexia and it was such a just wild experience because when you're in that place, 
you don't see it. You don't believe it. I was like, these French doctors don't know anything, but I knew that there were problems. Obviously I had a lot of uh, challenges. And so I ended up just going back to Minnesota because I was like, I kind of was at the end of my rope as far as feeling like I had any purpose in life. And I decided to, while I was in treatment, take some college courses and treatment was going like, okay. In parts of it, I was starting to feel a little bit, mm, it was helpful. And in other ways, I felt like it was a little, I was getting worse. And while I was in one of these classes, the professor stood up before the the classroom and said, we are going to talk about sex today. And I had one of those incredible light bulb moments where I realized I had never really talked about sex, even with the person I had been having it with. And that just made me so first curious. And then very quickly that turned into this like healthy anger. And I started to really explore like, why didn't I learn anything? You know, why do I feel this way about my body? Why didn't I really know where my clitoris was at the time? Like there were so many factors that set me into this sort of like spiral that I sort of haven't left years later. Um, But looking back, I now know that that was really the moment that I stopped wanting to brutalize or starve myself. So I credit really delving into sexual shame and embracing my sexuality for saving my life. And from there, of course, you don't just like get better (laughs) immediately. Uh, It took me a long time to really heal. I went back into modeling and then acting, which led to writing and writing led into first my blog series, Girl Boner, um, to really talk about these issues because I realized very quickly that I'm so far from alone in my struggles. And that led to my podcast, Girl Boner Radio, which is kind of my whole life now. Thank you for sharing first. Thank you for sharing, August. That's a beautifully vulnerable story and probably hard to share. And um, so thank you. And second, the fact that you're from Minnesota, I'm a little bummed that I don't hear an accent. <laughs> oh, it'll come out. If we oh. if we talk about it enough, you know. Oh, it will. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I went oh, to yeah. college in Minnesota. Go, go first. So yeah. uh, thank you, though. That's, that's an incredible story. And sometimes the gift of uh, being in the field of sexuality, it's, it's something that you don't even understand that was supposed to be part of your life, or at least I could speak for myself. I had no, I was from Wisconsin or I am from Wisconsin, let's say. And I was in the same boat as you. Sex was not talked about even with the people you're having it with. It was like a weird thing that you knew you had to do at some point, or I thought I had to do. And, and then when I moved out to California, met Amy and it opened up so many doors, just understanding sexuality, understanding my body, understanding anatomy, understanding uh, consent and all the things. So your work is important. Thank you for what you do and what you put out there. And um, now onto a question. I just had to get on a soapbox. Uh, So it's Masturbation May, everyone. And uh, we have August here and it's April. I'm so, so excited about that. And so I want to hear about um, your masturbation story. And um, you describe yourself, as you talked about, as a late bloomer. So what was this like? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I call this the orgasm that changed my life because literally besides that other light bulb moment, this was like the game changer. I was 30 the first time I masturbated. 
I had already considered myself pretty sexually empowered. I enjoyed sex, but I'd always either been in a really serious relationship, which is what I grew up learning is like the way you have sex. And then when I was divorced and like just figured I already broke all the rules and was going to hell, according to people I knew and grew up with, I was like, now I can have casual sex. So I was like, those are my ways to have sex. And I love them. And I thought, you know, this is great. I don't need to masturbate. And honestly, I didn't really think about it all that much. And when I was 30, I was already in a really serious relationship, wonderful partner. And I had this night where he was out of town um, on a job and I started to feel really like bluesy kind of not depressed clinically. Cause I know that, and it wasn't that, but just like this weird kind of foggy, fatigue sadness. And long story short, I ended up realizing I was horny. Like I was scrolling through Netflix and everything I saw was some sort of like innuendo. And I ended up deciding to kind of like tiptoe upstairs and find this sex toy that someone had given us as like a joke. And I made love with myself and it was incredibly emotional. It was really fun. I felt like I was like a little teenager, all nervous going upstairs. But then afterward, I just like broke down in sobs because I realized again, oh my gosh, what have I been missing? Like, how would my life be different if I had embraced this earlier? Mm. And I started Girl Boner very shortly after that. It was like, I, it's like I discovered a new planet. I was like, oh my gosh, everyone needs to hear about this thing called masturbation. I mean, obviously I knew it existed, but to me, it was that revolutionary. And so I, I started my blog series not, not long after that. You guys, you two have a lot in common with your uh, Midwest upbringing and divorcees who then went, had a little wild single <laughs> uh, era. I remember April calling us, I'm now a divorcee. And, um, and, and I can just uh, tell the story a little bit about April there. Like, I remember you discovering a lot about yourself and your sexuality when you had that, that spaciousness and that freedom. And a lot of it seemed like a lot of uh, reclaiming, although April you started masturbating when you were like five with your teddy bear, correct? Is that when you started? That is correct. <laughs> I am on the record on that, officer. Yeah. <laughs> Barry, you're, you're set, you're Barry, not, Barry did it to me. Barry, Barry did it to me, I swear. <laughs> it was Barry. It was Barry's fault. So, um, and so I guess since we're telling the, the stories here, April, can you elaborate a little more? But would, was that just something you didn't know what masturbation was? It's just something that felt good and you just started to explore it at a really young age? Uh. Yes, I don't remember when it started, but it was a Christmas and uh, I got Barry and Barry had a dress, a red dress for Christmas, maybe, and had a very nice nose. And so I ended up at some point, I don't know how, uh, but I think I just started humping it and it because it felt good. I know that I was uh, and my mom's told me a couple times that I, I would like ask a lot of questions about my genitals when I was little and my brother and I would take baths together and I would be like, what's that? And what's this? And I was three or two and three. I don't even remember. And she said, I always was very curious, uh, but I wasn't like touching myself in front of her ever from what she tells me, because I was like, did I masturbate in front of you ever? And she's like, no, that, that would never happen. And so the bear <laughs> must've just been me being like, that feels nice. And it was not a hard nose. It was a soft nose with like stuffed with like stuffing. So it wasn't like a hard plastic nose. It was all cushiony. So I really had to work at that one. That's so interesting. And then how... it was getting flatter and flatter, though, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> it was like flat. No, I'm sorry. Well loved. 
Yeah, your mom later in life, now that we have the podcast, is like, you used to masturbate with Barry? Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, and so, and I think that it can happen in so many different ways, right? Like, you, so you just discovered pleasure at a young age. I was a little more similar to August in that I wasn't, I wasn't raised with a lot of shame around sex at all um I did like I was I wasn't I would like check out my vulva as a young person but I was more like what is this and like the smells and things I remember once like really being into the smell and going up to my mom be like smell this on my finger <laughs> and she her reaction was kind of like I she didn't say she knew what it was but it was a little bit and I wouldn't call it shaming but a little bit surprised like oh uh, no or something like that um, and I was like, oh, it's not good to put your smell on people's faces, um, which didn't create a lot of shame around that. It was just more like, hmm, maybe you don't do that. But um, I didn't actually, I wish I was a young masturbating child because I think that it helps people to really understand their bodies at a younger age, kind of like you, August, like what would have been like if I started younger? For me, it was more like 18-ish uh, uh, in high school, trying to touch myself by hands, nothing really happened and ordering my first vibrator, a rubber jelly crappy, nasty, veiny vibrator that made of toxic materials that didn't do anything for me. Everyone, if you want high quality vibrators, go to purepleasureshop.com. We don't sell any of those. I own that store with my mom. You get 15% off with coupon code shameless sex because we only do high quality non-toxic products. Um, and then I did order one later that was more body friendly and it was really powerful just for my clitoris and I had my first orgasm from a vibrator the pocket um, rocket the pocket rocket i remember you yeah told me po- it was a water yeah. dancer by vibratex but same thing like a pocket rocket and uh, and and so anyways i had to really learn learn i did learn it for myself it was just wasn't for my hands and i had already had sex with maybe like four or five people by that time so anyways i just wanted to kind of express the um the diversity of first time experiences that there's nothing wrong with anyone whenever it starts maybe you're 16 you never have uh, because it's all it's all normal. It just really depends on our upbringing, whether it's the messages or us just discovering that sliding down the pole in the playground felt good at a young age or not. Um, so August, question for you. What does masturbation mean to you? I know, so one other thing about the term masturbation, I, I believe um, it's been utilized in a way that has been kind of negative in terms of religion and a lot of shame and masturbation, you know, and I think originally at one point, I don't remember what, what context, but it meant to soil one's hand. Um, and so sometimes we say self-pleasure instead, but let's just say masturbation also means a good thing. Let's take it back. What does masturbation mean to you? Why is it so important for someone? Oh gosh. You know, for me personally, it's such a powerful form of self-care connection with myself. Really, I think the connection with myself is the biggest thing. It definitely changed the way that I approach sex with a partner in really positive ways. I really think I used to feel kind of entitled about sex because of these messages we receive that, you know, I'm a, I'm a cisgender woman. I've only been in relationships with cis guys. And so for, for someone like me, when you grow up learning, you know, men are always turned on and, you know, I thought, well, I orgasm with intercourse. And so I just thought that's, that's what I do. I can have it when I want, cause they're always going to want it. Like those weren't the actual thoughts I was having, but looking back, I can see that that was a factor. So I always felt just like, Oh, if I just, if I need to have that feeling, I just go out and I just have it, which sounds really snotty as I say it. Um, but I think it's an important thing. Cause I think we do, we absorb these weird messages about it. So I think I know it would have changed the ways that I approached all of my casual sex experiences and relationships, because what would happen would be, since I thought I had to be in a relationship, 
I would get into relationships coincidentally when I was horny, like every time. And it wasn't even dawning on me that, oh my gosh, I could have just had sex with this person. I didn't need to have a relationship with someone who's not really a good fit for me. Like maybe we had sexual chemistry. So I think I've made better choices about my sexuality and would have made better choices, um, you know, all along the way, just having that like sense of autonomy, but then knowing so much about your body, like it's the coolest thing to be able to bring to sex with someone else or other folks. So those are probably my favorite things. I also, sometimes I have a vibrator that I call my headache vibrator because it is so good for just like tension pain, just to be like, I'm just going to release. And there's, there's nothing quite like that. Um, the last thing I'll mention is I have ADHD and there, I think literally it's the only time I've ever felt like present <laughs> fully is, is orgasm. And so being able to just have that w- literally whenever I want it at six in the morning, at noon on a work break while I'm writing, like it's just a very versatile tool. I call my magic wand, and I don't know what you're referring to, but my magic wand is, I call it Xanax for my pussy, because it just let mellows me out, yes. and I'm like, wow, that was just yeah. like, and I'll be like, oh, that was nice. I <laughs> so I don't know which one, but I, that's the one that I call the, yeah, same thing. It's like a meditation for my, for, my, for my bits as well. The other thing that I was thinking when you were mentioning about your experience with uh, sexuality and then partnership and orgasm through partnership so, and I've talked a little bit about this before, but it was, it's interesting to me because I had the complete opposite scenario. I was unable to orgasm with penetration with partners. And I've been with uh, other women. I've been with um, penis owners and I was unable for uh, almost my entire life because I had associated my brain. I think the, the association between masturbation and self-pleasure and orgasm was only the only thing my body knew. And so I had to train myself to orgasm with a person. And it was really hard because I'm so heady. And I think I probably have ADHD as well. I've told Amy that so many times I'm not diagnosed, but it's in your head all the time about all these different things. And, uh, perhaps that's just a, a, an attention span thing in general, but, um, it's, it's the cool thing about sexuality is that anything is possible at any point in your life. And you have the ability to shift and, and not label yourself and, and um, have the experience and pleasure that you deserve and that you want to have uh, at any point, right? So I just wanted to lay that out there. And there is a question in here somewhere, August, but I just had to share that with you. I love that. Uh, so, so masturbation, and um, uh, you touched on it a little bit, but so it, it obviously uh, is known to affect people's lives and, and, and increase uh, even longevity with living, right? They say that the more orgasms, the more length of life you'll live. So um, can you talk about how masturbation affects your life for the better and sex, relationship, health, all of the things? I just feel more sound and more authentic to use kind of like a buzzword, but I really mean it. I just feel so much more whole as myself. There's something so strengthening and empowering about it. I think it's very hard to, to at least be stuck in a place. You know, you get to that mental space sometimes, maybe you're having like a lot of negative self-talk or you're spiraling about something negative that's happened. That for me, solo play, masturbation, orgasm, and especially orgasming through solo player masturbation, it's such an incredible way to disconnect from that a little bit. Like it brings me back to the present and I feel so like in my body and it helps me to like not obsess. 
This podcast was made possible by Fueled. Are you in a couple and looking to find that third? A third looking for a couple? Or are you single and searching for a dating app that actually encourages you to embrace your sexual side? Then you need to check out Fueled. Fueled is my absolute favorite dating app, great for folks like me who are seeking to connect and explore their desires. It's inclusive to all orientations, genders, and interests. No matter how traditional or kinky you may be, Fueled has something just for you. And they offer an option to upgrade to the Majestic membership where you can have fun and save time seeing who's checking you out. And here's some great news. You can download the Field app for free and support our show by using the link in this episode's description. Even better, when you use our link in the episode description, you'll get 50% off the first three months of Field's Majestic membership, which gives you the premium features like seeing who has liked you. The Majestic discount only works on the iPhone for right now, but anyone with a smartphone can download Field for free today by clicking the link in this episode's description. Go check it out. This podcast was also made possible by OMGS.com. OMGS is a research-based online program that teaches you all about how to pleasure the pussy. OMGS studied thousands of vulva owners to find out how they orgasm and then made beautiful animated modules and super honest short videos to give you ways to reach even more pleasure. I've been recommending OMGS to my clients for years, and it's been changing their lives. We all know pleasure is fluid and ever-changing, so why not add more tools to your pleasure tool belt? OMGS is for everyone, so whether you are a vulva owner or you just love vulvas, OMGS will give you the techniques to get your O face on. There are two seasons to choose from and hundreds of gorgeous videos to explore, so go see what science says about pleasure and visit omgs.com slash shameless. That's omgs.com slash shameless to get $5 off your OMGS access. Again, omgs.com slash shameless. Go check it out. Now back to the show. I'm curious, you because you, I know that you talk, you speak openly about this with, with that you had been diagnosed with anorexia. And <laughs> I'm curious with with the, having a, a past with an eating disorder. And so in, on, on the health front, how or if self-pleasure and the awareness or the aliveness or the connection that comes from, from that, if that is had some effect, positive or negative or whatever that is on that, that aspect of your, uh, of your life. It definitely has. I, I really thought that the first time that I experienced that orgasm by myself, I really thought at that point that I was fully past not only the eating disorder, like I was past the active parts of it, but I also thought that I was past any sort of like body negativity. I felt like I had a pretty neutral relationship with my body in a, in a good way, but there's something about like, I actually visually saw myself in a mirror, like all like red, you know, and inflamed in this really erotic kind of a way. And I saw a beauty in me that I had never seen before. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's a really powerful gift that we can have. So it's definitely been impactful. And, and I do, I, I wonder like if I had been masturbating, if I had learned more about my own body earlier, I, I do think it would have helped. I mean, being diagnosed with ADHD was tremendous for, I, I think if I'd been diagnosed earlier, I would have perhaps not had the eating disorder. I do think it was like a, a complication in a sort of a way. Um, but that said, I wouldn't have survived long enough to realize <laughs> that I had, you know, um, ADHD as well without having those epiphanies and, and really owning my sexuality. So it's all, I think it's all really connected. And I think it's a very healthy thing. 
I find it very fascinating that in all of my eating disorder treatments, and I tried all the different things like dietitian and day programs and all these, you know, seeing a doctor and the, the things that they ask you, they ask you about every aspect of your life, it seems, but nobody ever asked me a single question about my sexuality. And I do think that would have made a difference. Like if someone had said, do you masturbate? I might've gone, oh my gosh, maybe that's something I should do <laughs> instead of like, you know, just feeling like stifled in that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. It does make sense. Uh, and I think that it's, I don't know. I think that masturbation and self-pleasure, it does tie into so many facets of your life that you probably don't even recognize if it's not a regular practice until you unleash the beast. And then it's like, oh, wow, this is so fun. And I love normalizing masturbation. And when I watch like old episodes of Sex in the City and they have that, like Charlotte gets addicted to her rabbit vibrator. Or when I watch like that sex education show, I obviously am stuck at home sometimes and uh, binging Netflix, but there's that sex education show from the UK and the girl had never masturbated. And she's actually like called in sick to school and masturbated for two days. And it's like, I love normalizing when the media normalizes masturbation. And we, we all have sex podcasts here and it feels like people's uh, curiosity is expanding and growing and they're becoming more comfortable with uh, the idea of self-pleasure and um, just their sexuality in general. I think that's so cool. And I feel like this is the sexual uh, revolution period, it, like the 60s was in, on some level and now we're in this like new phase. So it's a good time to be in the world and um, yay go sex podcasters and yay for you listening out there. Woo, yeah. So if there's people out there right now that listen that maybe they think it's hard to masturbate or to make time for self-pleasure, do you have any tips for those folks? Yes. So for someone who has never masturbated, but do, does experience pleasurable sex with other folks. Um, I think a really powerful practice is to approach masturbation as though you are reenacting sex with a partner. That's what I did because I didn't know anything else. Like rubbing on the outside didn't work for me. Uh, and so I literally humped a pillow, but with a toy and the pillow was like, you know, a partner. Uh, but, but literally I was at the pose that I would have been in, like the position I would have been in in some of my most pleasurable sex. So I think that can be really powerful. I think if you feel like you don't have time, if you really don't have time, first of all, that needs to be addressed first. I think it's really important to be able to take care of ourselves. You know, we have to sleep, we have to eat, we have to be, have support systems in our lives and have community. But if you're, if you're more like, I, you know, I just kind of feel like it's too much work to make the time. then I think it's really important to reflect on whether you prioritize your own pleasure at all in any aspect of your life, because I found a big correlation between, you know, whether or not you will prioritize your own pleasure outside of sex and also masturbation, like if that feels or, or sex in general. Um, yeah. So I would say, and then starting with short amounts of time, you know, maybe it's five minutes a day of pleasure. Again, it could be sexual or not. Um, maybe it's 30 minutes a week. But I really do think that we have to make it a priority because it's not this frivolous thing that we learn that it is. I, I think that that's really helpful. The part that I wrote these down, actually, as you're saying that. So approaching masturbation as if you're reenacting sex with a partner. Um, a lot of times we see it in, you know, porn and various things. We're just like diddling the clit really vigorously. You know, like, well, that doesn't feel good for my body. And why? I wonder why. 
Um, and then if you, the part also, if you don't have time to look at that, because I would say, I don't, I don't have time to masturbate, but I have time to scroll on Facebook or Instagram or watch Netflix for three hours or not just screen life. There's so many other ways that we spend our time that, um, and I don't want to shame all those things, but it's funny that when people say, I don't have time for this, I don't have time to connect with my partner. I don't, we don't have time. I'm like, but are, do you, is that really true? Like, is that really a hundred percent true that you don't? And um, not that I've never said that too. And, but when I asked that question, like, let me actually check that out and see what's there. I actually discovered, like, I actually have plenty of time. It's just how I want to prioritize time. And yes, self-pleasure is self-care, which can feel like work. If it's not second nature, if it's not something that we've been doing for a long time, if it brings up body shame or trauma, or I don't know, it just feels exhausting. Any, a lot of times when anything feels like work, we put it on the back burner or a lot of people do, I myself included, um, because it can feel exhausting. But sometimes for me, it kind of feels like, do y'all experience this when you're a kid with a bathtub, right? When my mom be like, time to take it out. I'm like, no, I don't want to because it feels like work. But then when I get in it, I don't want to get out of the fucking bathtub. <laughs> like, yeah. Time to get out. No, I don't want to. Kind of like I'm still like that with showers. I have to like be forced <laughs> to take to yeah. wet myself. And then I'm like, oh, this is oh, this really is nice. nice. Well, yeah. then also with, with self-pleasuring, right? It's like, oh God, sometimes I don't know. It feels like it might be a lot. And then when I'm in it, I'm like, I don't want to put my vibrator down. This feels amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I'm curious on two things. One. If you have any tips for techniques or different touch styles to try, um, it can be for vulva owners, penis owners, et cetera. Um, so any, if there's any, and I, I, I mean, I guess my guess is, I know everyone's different, but if you have any tips outside of these are just ways to get into it. Um, and then we've talked a lot about sex toys. So my guess is that, um, I'm not going to speak for you. Our motto here is, you know, as pleasure is pleasure. So if someone's just getting off the sex toys, there's nothing wrong with you, right? Unless that's something you want to change, then you can change that. But pleasure is pleasure. But so what are your thoughts on tips for techniques, different touch styles to try, uh, how to approach that? And then um, on sex toys and using those to learn or just for regular self-pleasure practices? Yeah, I think it's really important to, you know, to embrace whatever our favorites are. Like, I think we can get into kind of what they call like scripted sex where it's always the same. And that's the same with solo play and masturbation as well. But I think that it is a wonderful thing to work in some novelty, you know, that doesn't make the other, your favorite less exciting, but to try different things can be helpful. And I think that so often the tips we hear about sex, we, we put them so often into like partnered sex and so many of them apply really well to solo play. And one is doing like orgasm control, AKA edging, where you get really close to orgasm and then you stop, cool down a little bit, get really close to orgasm, stop, slow down a little bit. It is such an incredible experience to do on your own, I think, whether you're using your hand or a toy uh, to really feel full body arousal. Because sometimes we just want to get off fast and that's great. And it's awesome to have a way to do that if that's something you enjoy. But I think, at least for me, I've always been more of like a rusher and slowing down has been really incredible. Like to be able to feel orgasmic down to your toes is an incredible thing. So if you can do that, I think that's great. And then using lube. I mean, that sounds kind of basic maybe, or maybe to some folks, maybe not at all. Um, I've heard from a lot of people who thought that, that that saliva was a good lubricant, for example, and it's it's not ideal, you know, it can cause irritation and things like that. So trying a different kind of a lube. Um, I also think trying basically exploring your whole body or whatever parts of your body 
besides the parts or parts that are the most erogenous to you? Because it's so easy to go to like that place that we love the most. And sometimes that keeps us from exploring other parts. So maybe you have a session where you're just stimulating your nipples. Maybe you have a session where you're just, you know, essentially touching your inner thighs for a while. Um, and all of that without, without orgasm necessarily in mind, I think can be really helpful. I wish I could tickle my own ears. I can't, you can't? I can't tickle my own ears. Like I want someone, I want someone to blow into them all the time. But I'll, that, I'll that, blow in the next time I see you, Chip. I got uh, you. <laughs> so, so do you think with with sex toys? Uh, because we talked, you talked to Amy, um, kind of touched on it a little bit. When you expo- started exploring masturbation, were sex toys helpful for you at first, or was it just hand? Or um, are you? Do you think it's a good idea? And I mean because I'm not trying to throw my bias on everyone. Do you think it's a good idea for people to own a sex toy to explore masturbation? Oh my goodness, yes. So my first time was with a dildo and that is still my favorite way. Uh, I love non-vibrating dildo toys. So that's just what works well for me. Um, I still don't orgasm very easily or as fully with just my hands and I'm cool with that. I don't, it's fine with me. Like I, I can explore that and it's fun, but for me, toys are way more fun. So I use toys every time, pretty much I masturbate. And then sometimes I'll vary it up with my hands as well. I just don't think that one is superior. I do think it's good to have curiosity though, about like what other options are. Cause at first I was like, Oh, I can't, I can't masturbate without a toy is what I thought because I'm such like an internal pleasure person. And when I finally explored that, I was like, oh yeah, there's actual like lots of value here. Um, and partly how I learned more about that in my external clitoral capacity for pleasure was I participated in orgasm MRI research at Rutgers University. And I didn't know until I got there because I hadn't read all the fine print that I was going to have to lay perfectly still with my head like bolted, not bolted, but like held down by this kind of Hannibal Lecter looking sort of contraption. I still have it. Um, And you can't really move except for your hands. And you have to be on your back. Like it was everything that I don't do during masturbation. And I remember the uh, scientist and some of the research talking to me beforehand. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to ruin your experiment. I'm so sorry, but I, this is how I masturbate. I probably gave too many details, but I was just like, this is what works for me. I don't think I, for some reason, I thought they were to like hook me up to electrodes and I could like move or something. And that's not how MRIs work at all. You're in a little like coffin shaped tube. And so the researcher said to me something that was so impactful. Uh, They said, you don't have to orgasm. Like that's helpful too, for our research. If you just be and go through the motions and experience all this, we're, we're still studying your brain. It's great. So I let go. And you like it was guiding me to do different things. And one of the things was rubbing your external clit and or thinking about rubbing it. And because it was taking longer than I would normally spend, and because I was doing things I didn't normally do, I experienced an orgasm that was totally different from any I had had before, so much so I didn't recognize it at first. I was like, wait, what? And when they asked me after, did you experience orgasm? I was like, oh my gosh. Like I was really wet and I felt a release, but it was a different kind. So as I think one of you was saying earlier, I think April, you said, we can always learn new things. It's like the coolest thing. I didn't expect to learn any of that. That was like, I don't know if I even answered your question, but that's where you led me. So 
That was awesome. I love I love that. Uh, I I'm so stoked that you participated in an, an exp- a pleasure experiment because that that is there's not enough and we work with omgs which are the leading researchers especially for vulva pleasure and uh we love them and and um what when was that is that uh, all the studies from rutgers is that all available the stats of what they gathered yeah you can find it all um i wrote about my experience for cosmo and it's also my my girl boner book and i cited some of the studies um but Barry Kamizarek and Nan Wise are the two head researchers. And yeah, you can go to Google Scholar and and find some of their findings. One of the findings was that imagining and fantasizing essentially, but thinking about these acts were equally powerful to the brain as actually physically touching. And across all the, I mean, they I think they only had cisgender women and cisgender men, but the men and women both had equal pleasure from nipple stimulation. Hmm something we don't usually hear too. So I love that they were like debunking myths. And they also did another study of like thinking off. Uh, and it was all cisgender women who told the researcher, yeah, I can think myself to orgasm. And he was like, oh, oh yeah. And then he was like, oh, wow, you, you, you can like, that's amazing. I've never done that, but it sounds pretty cool. I like the idea of thinking off. That's awesome. And, you know, we know that people can have sleepgasms. I have, I, I have a sleepgasm almost like well, probably once a month or so where I wake up like, yeah, I just had like 10 orgasms in my sleep. And it's not like I'm ejaculating. There's a whole bunch of fluids, but I definitely feel like it happened. Amy, I have to tell you this. And August, since you're here, I had last night a sex dream that I had sex with Prince. Nice. He was in he was in a pink velvet suit and we like were at one of his shows mm-hmm. and he was like, this is my girl, April. I felt so fucking special. And then we banged it out and it was super hot just last night you just reminded me of that I had to tell you you oh just my God, made my Minnesota somewhere. heart so happy you know <laughs> and that, Prince that's lived there mm-hmm. this is like so mm-hmm. amazing and you're from Minnesota Prince is from Minnesota oh my god anyway oh, that Prince. just made me have a mini like emotional uh, like excited mm. orgasm internally that's oh, adorable love it love I it love it, it. sleepgasms are amazing I love waking up during them mm-hmm. it's so so hot I, so that tells me that a lot of us probably have that capacity because that is yeah. thinking off but it's not consciously or voluntarily thinking yourself off, but it's, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. It's still happening, even though it's maybe we're not putting in a whole bunch of effort into it or something, but it's still, it's very real. Um, and, and also people can breathe themselves into orgasm and there's people who get, you know, injuries, spinal cord injuries, like with April's line of work with hot octopus, they've done studies with people who have spinal cord injuries and can't get erections anymore. And they can learn to still either have orgasms in an area that they can't have erections or maybe even the same sensation, or they learn to eroticize other parts of their body with enough time, patience, and focus. And I think that's a good takeaway too. If, um, self-pleasure and orgasm and or orgasm is challenging for you in any way to know that your brain is your largest sex organ. It's responsible for 90% of our sexual experience. Uh, and with enough time, energy, dedication, uh, we can learn so many ways to be aroused and erotic. And I mean, the world is our oyster. So is yeah. my pussy. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so how can people, people want, probably want to learn so much more from you. We have a limited time here, uh, but you have a whole podcast. How yeah. can people find you, work with you, listen to your podcast, all the fun things. Thank you. Yeah. You can search for girl boner or girl boner radio on whatever app you listen on and kind of a good home base for me is girlboner.org. Just don't type it on Facebook or Instagram. Cause they blocked that link for the you could just go to augustmclaughlin.com, which is harder to spell, but there you go. Thank you, August. The work you're doing is 
amazing. And I love that you call your uh, radio uh, and your all of your show and you're named Girl Boner because people don't understand that actually clitorises can have a boner too. So I'm sure you talk about that all the, all the time or most of the time or sometimes. Yeah, I, mean, I do. Just, be. Yeah, it was the start, the, basically the start of my blog, my book and my podcast all start with me sharing my curiosity about girl boners when I was 11, because I remember learning about the quote unquote male erection mm -hmm. in that, you know, awkward sex ed class where like the, you know, thing on the screen, they're showing pictures and male quote unquote, again, pleasure was alluded to. And I was like, so curious, like, well, something great's going to happen to me. And I learned nothing great. And then I heard someone on the schoolyard just saying, you know, boners, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, oh, that's a boner. I was like, what about girl boners? So yeah, it's a big passion of mine is that women, people besides men experience <laughs> not only erections, but equal pleasure, sometimes more pleasure. You know, we are all sexual beings. Hell to the year. So check out Girl Boner Radio, y'all, because August is such a fantastic human doing all sorts of fun things. And for all of you out there, I just want to invite you to do one thing for me right now. It is go to iTunes, rate us, review us, give us five stars. It just helps more people learn about sex, learn about sexuality. And it only helps get the word out and find people like August and what she's doing. And, and it's, we appreciate it. And we read every single one and I X O X O you for doing that and taking the time. So thank you. Also, if you don't know, now you do. We love wine, 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 not Amy loves wine. I love wine. I also dip in tequila sometimes. Okay. I, I, it's a, it's a shameless admission, but check out marginswine.com because she has a new release every only actually every twice a year, every six months, that is. So uh, right now she has some available, check it out. You can save some money too, by using some coupon codes that you can check out on our website, marginswine.com. That was for you, August, because you said you like when I sing. So I did that. I, did <laughs> I that do. <laughs> Thank you. I love it. Encore. Mm -hmm. All right, y'all. So ciao for now. Want to learn more? Go to shamelesssex.com. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use code shamelesssex at purepleasureshop.com.